Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We just did an interview at first with John Hamm, uh, radio personality for the OKC Thunder. He said, shout out to you two calling John Sir, classic first gen immigrant, quote, I don't know how to talk to old white people, unquote, move. <laughs> Be careful, Andy. Um, uh, John was a great interview. Nice yeah, that was, guy. That was awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to show the guests respect. We appreciate all guests who come on the line. We got Joe Morgan coming up next. He's NBA writer for Sporting News. Yeah, not, not that not Joe gonna Morgan. Give, not going to give him a sir, though. Not going to happen. Come on, people. Not, not going to happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 888-957-9570. Andy and I want to know your expectations for this team. Obviously, Steve Kerr has been trying to tamper them at talking about the reality of the NBA. This is more the reality of the NBA. And... We're just curious what your thoughts are of the reality. Andy, let me ask you right now. What is your expectation for this? What would you consider a successful – what's your baseline successful season? Yeah, I mean, conclusion, I mean, of that is is they should should be in the playoffs, right, barring whatever injuries. They should be in the postseason. Like a low playoff team? They should be. I think six six to eight is reasonable. Okay. So that's 40 – I'm going to say 46 wins and up, right? I think that should get them there. Sure. Um, I think D'Angelo Rus- Russell should take a mini leap. I don't expect a huge leap, but a mini leap. He becomes a better shooter, better finisher, uh, better defender. I expect Bil- that. Builds on that late all-star campaign last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that the rookies should be able to show that they belong in the league. Jordan Poole, Pascal, Eric Pascal. Um, I'm not going to count Smiley Geach, but uh, And Kevon Looney Smiley should. Smiley Geach is 12. So. Yeah. yeah he, they love him. Uh, and then Kevon Looney should take a step as well. Like I, I expect those things. Because I don't think they're, I don't think that's crazy to expect that, right? I think that's pretty no, reasonable. We're we're trying to define expectations here. I would mostly agree with you. My what I would consider a successful mm-hmm. season is if they make the playoffs. If Looney, Willie Cauley Stein, and D'Angelo Russell, three young vets who've proven various things in this league, D'Angelo's obviously proven the most. Willie's probably proven the least. They all take a step. The young guys, Eric Paschal, Jordan Poole, Jacob Evans, whoever it may be, show they are better in April than they were in October. That's what I would like to see. If yep. they do that, if they get an eight seed, I will be happy. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Clay comes back healthy. He looks fine. Um, I'm not even counting him. If Clay comes back and he's healthy, the expectations rise a little bit. Maybe not on the seeding. But then you think, okay, maybe they can pull a little front first round upset or something. Yeah, like the, if Clay comes, well, he's not going to play thirty eight minutes, right? He can't. So, but like they have, they'll have a shot. I would say against like the Denver Nuggets, who may be a two seed, right? The Houston Rockets, then uh, who's the other one? Utah Jazz. Those are guys that are going to be in that range. Or the Clippers are a pretty bad matchup. But the other three, I would say the Warriors have a shot at beating. So, I think that's what people are scared of. Nobody's scared of the Warriors right now, I guess. But I think people are going to be pretty scared come March. From the four one five, I expect the Warriors to play hard and hustle while also making rookie mistakes. I expect that from Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal. I'm not expecting 
rookie mistakes from Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Steph had a lot of rookie mistakes. He did, but you know we'll give him we'll give him a few uh, give him a few games to adjust. Uh, from the seven oh seven six to eight, no way. Warriors not making it. Please roll out the playoff teams in your mind, Fred and Vallejo. <laughs> Uh, let's let's take that after we we got a call and then we got Joe Morgan coming on. Do we have time to take a call before Joe, guys? Yeah, all right. Let's take Rich in Los Altos. Rich, how's it going? Hey guys, pretty good. Thanks for letting me on. Um, I'm a Warrior nut, and I think it's totally okay. But I'll be surprised if the Warriors win 30 games. I mean, the only position they got Ooh. anybody beat on is Steph. And every other position, especially including Draymond, by the way, I predict them getting outscored. And like I said. It's totally okay they've been so entertaining and once play gets back once they get rid of a few of these guys and get one more big man in there they're gonna be fine next year so anyway that's my take Woo. hot takes from rich and los altos rich did throw out one interesting thing which is draymond draymond hasn't been playing up to his level preseason do you put any stock into that i don't uh game one was ugly but you know we can't really assess this Warrior team till we see Draymond play like Draymond, and then, um, you know, they get they get Looney and Willie healthy, and we we see what that means. I do love that every time we get someone on, the producers come whispering there, "We got him." It's like, what, what's the uh, what's the clip? Me, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we got him. We got him. Uh, we do have him. We do have him. Uh, we've got Joe Morgan, NBA writer for Sporting News and NBA Canada. Joe, we're not going to go, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Good. Where are you located? I am in Los Angeles. It's a uh, nice 85 degrees today. So it's 85 here in San Francisco. Cold. It's yeah, it's 85 in our studio, and we hate it. But um, <laughs> but we'll get we'll get over that. Uh, so you're in LA. Were you at the opening night Laker Clipper game? I was there. It was quite the scene. So so uh, walk us through your impressions of not just uh, the game but the whole atmosphere around it because I heard there was what four hundred plus media like playoff level media credentials issued. It was a lot. Yes, it was. It, it was a lot. Wow. To handle. Um, it was that was the crowd, the most crowded I've seen a media room in a long time. And I was at the NBA Finals last year, so that was uh, that was something that was a bit of an experience. But it was great. Uh, you know. It's still a Lakers town. That's kind of what I pulled from that game. Uh, as Lakers fans were booing Kawhi Leonard as he was giving a speech and as he was being introduced. So it was it was interesting to see the relationship there and, and the, as the Clippers are trying to take over this city. But at the same time, uh, the Clippers proved something to me. They certainly did. And I, I think there is a pretty big gap right now with the Clippers and between the Clippers and the Lakers. I, I think the Clippers are clearly now the favorites, which I wasn't hundred percent sure if that was the case coming into the season because of the parity, especially in the West. Um, but I think they've separated themselves. I know it's only been two games, but for me, just watching that team and moving forward with that, even without Paul George, I, I, I just think they're loaded. I think they're so deep. I think they're the best team in the West. Is that the best defense that you've seen since maybe the Warriors with Kevin Durant in 2016? 16, 17? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the, they have so many guys that can that can switch, and they're, and they're so long. Um, and I think also most importantly is I think we kind of forget this is basically the same team as last year. So the continuity that these players have, how close that locker room is, and the way they're talking defensively is impressive. And then you go in and you add a guy like Kawhi, 
who's obviously one of the best defensive players in the league. You're going to add Paul George into that as well. I just I don't really understand how teams are going to score on them. And I, I thought the Lakers might have an advantage, especially with Anthony Davis and the size that they have, because the Clippers aren't a huge team. They're, they're long, but they're not really tall. And it didn't really matter that much. And I think in today's NBA, this is something we should probably focus on, is the size doesn't matter as much as it used to. It's all about being able to switch defensively. And the Clippers can do that across the board, 11 and 12 deep. Uh, It's a defense that I think is only going to improve as they get to know each other a little bit more and and move Kawhi and and George into that culture in that locker room. And I think it's going to be nasty. I I really do. I couldn't be more excited to watch this season because I think the Clippers – with Doc at the helm, I, I just I think they're going to be incredibly good. I think they, you know, they're the team probably over the next couple of years. I think that is going to have to be beat. Um, they're kind of replacing Golden State, I would say. I would agree with you there. You said something that's interesting and something uh, Andy and I have kind of thought for a while, um, which is you know being able to switch and be versatile is more important than being big. Which brings me to the Lakers. Everything around the Lakers seems to be centered around Anthony Davis not wanting to play the five. Last night they played Utah. They busted that game open once they finally decided to use him at the five, and then it became too much for Rudy Gobert to handle. Um, are you are you taking this as kind of something that's really going to be a, an issue for them all year, or is this just kind of early season noise going on outside of the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I, they don't have the depth. I, you know, I, I think it's hard to judge teams based on the first couple of games. All right, I'll, I'll say that right now. I'm not certainly not writing the Lakers off. I think they're probably the top three or four team in the West. There's no doubt about that. But the depth is going to be a huge issue. And if you don't have a third guy at all, I don't know how you're supposed to win in this league. If Kuzma is the guy that they, I guess, are expecting to be their third scorer, I, I, that scares me a little bit. Danny Green is an on-and-off guy that you can't really count on to be your third-best scorer. You can't necessarily – the defense that they have is not at an incredible level. I think that they overlooked the fact that they got excited about having LeBron and AD and just thought that they could bully their way to wins. But then you look at the Clippers, and that's the flip side of how deep that they are. I don't think the Lakers have enough players right now to actually compete for a championship. If, if they think that this roster has a chance to get it done, I think they're delusional. And I think Kalinka needs to make some moves. I don't know what that's going to be, but they need to get at least one or two more guys in there to actually have a chance because LeBron is in the 17th season. He's getting old. You can see it. And that, he, he came out hot, and then he kind of slowed down a bit. Anthony Davis is great, but he's never done anything. The guy, He's never won anything. I don't know if he could actually be a guy to lead – a team to a championship. So I think the Lakers have some, some serious holes at the same time. They have LeBron and they have Anthony Davis. And if the two of them can, can at least carry them for the first part of this regular season, they'll be fine. But I do think they need to add somebody or something to, 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 to that roster. You could have worse building blocks than those two players. This is correct. Yes. It's, it's not a bad place to start. By the way, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco. A radio.com sports station. <laughs> well done, Sam. Joe, we got to pay the bills, man. So, yeah, yeah, give us. <laughs> I respect a, that. Give a few seconds there. I want to, I want to dig deep into that because LeBron James, he tried really harder than preseason. I think he wanted to set a tone. He came out against the Clippers, who, you know, we all agree here is the title favorites. He probably should win the title. 
Uh, didn't look great. Actually looked bad. Um, but then the Clippers come out and made Steph Curry look bad, who's probably the best offensive player in the league. Uh, he comes out and he plays well against Utah Jazz. But has he lost a step or two or even three? Like, is he a guy that's still good enough to lead this team uh, to championship or a team to a championship? Well, he's 100% lost a step. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that, that's just kind of the way that it, the way that it's always going to be. Uh, playing that many minutes, that many playoff minutes, is going to wear on you a little bit. I, I don't think he's the same player he used to be, but at the same time, I'm not sure if he has to be. I think Anthony Davis is the number one option uh, for this Lakers team, and I, and I think that he's aware of that, and I think he will be moving forward. My concern is what does Frank Vogel do? If he's thinking of making him basically the de facto point guard, I think they're out of their mind because I don't think that he can handle the workload, LeBron James. I, I, I just, in his 17th year, I think he's has so many minutes on his legs. I just don't think you can put that kind of pressure on him. So that's what my concern is, is can they have get a point guard in there? I know they have Rondo, but I don't know if that's going to get it done. Can they have a point guard in there who can take a little bit off of LeBron and let him play off the ball a little bit? I think it's going to take a little bit um, for him and AD to kind of get used to each other. I do think that they're going to be really good together. I'd like to see a few more pick and rolls with the two of them at the top of the key. That's what we talked about at the beginning of the year, that was really what scared people. With LeBron and AD in the pick and roll, who are you supposed to defend? I'd like to see more of that. I think they're going to be fine. We might be overreacting a little bit. Yeah, like, part of the job. But, by the way, in the same way we're overreacting to Golden State, okay, so everybody take a step back, please. They're <laughs> going to be fine. But it, it's the same thing. And I, I think they're going to be okay, but I just think they need more players. And I, and I don't think LeBron could be the number one, and I think that's why they have Anthony Davis there. You, okay, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Golden State. Um, you think they're over? You think people are overreacting? What are your thoughts on the, the first game? Yeah, go ahead. I, I think it's. I think it's ridiculous for for everybody to come out and say they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I, I look. They don't have any depth either. I, I get it, and they're not going to be the same team that they used to be. But you're trying to tell me that, that that's not one of the best eight teams in the West? I think you're crazy. And I think Steve Kerr will figure it out. I I liked the Russell pickup. I think that'll help them a lot. And I think Steph Curry is going to have a massive year. I've been excited about this year since Durant left. I think he did us a huge favor. You guys might not like that in the Bay Area, but he <laughs> allowed us in the NBA to get back to what we loved so much. And I know Clay's hurt, but the Splash Brothers thing was the most fun we've ever had watching basketball. That is as good as it gets. And I think that him leaving will allow Curry to be loosened up a little bit again. I think he's going to be great. They're going to make some moves here at some point to get in a few more players because everybody's so young there. They don't have the depth. But I think with Curry and Draymond, and we'll see what happens with Clay. That's the big X factor here. If he comes back in March, late March, everything kind of changes. I just think Curry and Russell, Draymond, and most importantly, the organization and Kerr are enough to keep them afloat and at least make the playoffs. People need to take a step back. I, we overreact so much to one or two games. This is still the Warriors. This is still Steph Curry. I, I think they're going to be just fine. I really do. Beyond these teams, since we spend a long time on the L.A. teams, you mentioned the Warriors. What other teams do you like as being legitimate title contenders? Uh, well, in the West, I've been a Denver guy forever. Um, I, I think Denver's really good. I think they're really solid. Um, I think Mike Malone is, is one heck of a coach. And, uh, you know, I, I see them being probably a, either the one of the two seed in the West. I don't know. You know, if, if you're looking long term, do I think that they can beat the Clippers in a seven-game series? Probably not. 
they probably need one more star. I'm not sure if Jamal Murray is the guy, uh, even though they gave him that big contract. I'm not sure if he's a great number two for that team, but I do like Denver quite a bit. Um, I guess it's probably Denver, the Clippers, and, and then the Lakers. Clippers, Denver, and then the Lakers. And in the East, I think Philly's the best team. I just think they did so much during during the offseason. I love what they did. I, I don't think Milwaukee uh, is good as, is, as good as they were last year. I don't think they're going to be at that same level. I would take Philly out of the East. And I still think the Clippers, as we mentioned before, are the best team in the West. But I think Denver's going to be good. I, I'm not big on Houston, by the way. I, I don't like that. I don't like the... the well, you'll be popular kind of with the area, It's not great. I just don't think it's going to be good. So I would say Denver and the Clippers are the two best teams in the West. Okay, one last question before we get you out of here, Joe. Um, Adrian Orjanowski reported if Iguodala is released, which most people think will happen at some point, uh, he would sign with the Lakers or Clippers. That's not really news. That's kind of what most people expected. Right now, October 26th, what's your prediction? What team does Iguodala close the year with? He'll be a Laker. Oh, okay. Yeah, he'll, 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 he'll be a Laker. I feel real good about that, um, nice. which will ch- certainly change some things in the West. If yeah. he's there, now watch out. Now we're, we're having a completely different conversation. Yeah, now that Western Conference Finals is going to be fun. Now, That's something. Now, now we're talking. All right, well, Joe Morgan, uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Take care, huh? Have a good one, guys. Thank you. Should said Joe Morgan, NBA writer, Sporting News. <laughs> I'm sure prepared. someone turned on their radio down, like that doesn't sound like Joe Morgan, you know. But you know, it was great. Yeah, he, he a lot of energy. You have to have him back on. Yeah. Um, trust the producer Arden, by the way. He's just crushing it, just bringing people on, just Iguodala, us. By the way, okay. So this is interesting to me. Um, if Iguodala gets bought out, he'll go to the Clippers or the Lakers. I mean, I could have told you that, uh, but. Thank you, to Sam. Me, to me, I think the Clippers are kind of more his culture, his vibe. But the Lakers have more need for him. And Palenka was his agent. Palenka did kind of help facilitate him coming to the Warriors t- at the beginning. Well, also, I don't know if Iguodala is this type of guy. But, you know, Iguodala is a fringe Hall of Famer. And uh, know, he's a lock. I, I don't. I don't know if he's a lock. Anyway, that's an argument for another time. My my argument, my assumption here is Iguodala is a fringe Hall of Famer. I would have him in the Hall of Fame because the base basketball Hall of Fame is a joke. Everybody gets in. But he's a fringe Hall of Famer, and you could go to the Clippers, I guess, to the title favorite, but you win a title with LeBron James. That's pretty sweet. And you're on a team that, you know, I can, you know, the Clippers could probably win two straight titles in the next two years, and they still wouldn't be the most popular team in L.A. They could probably win five straight titles. And they wouldn't be the That's most popular true. team it's in the world. It's going to take them a decade plus. <laughs> of just 10 titles? You think if the Clippers win 10 straight titles, you think maybe they take over? I'm just saying it takes a while. You know, you're not changing 40-year-olds who used to go watch Magic Johnson play live. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got to head to break. Uh, but text line, Warriors should trial Craig Oden. That, we, really need to get, we really need to get the break. Okay, is a hell of a drug. We got, we got Wes Goldberg from Barron News Group, Warriors beat writer on the other side. You're listening to Warriors World Radio, 95.7 The Game. Warriors World Radio continues on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. I I feel much better. Like redemption hour. Sam, you're not a fan of Maddie on? 
DC boys better. <laughs> Maddie on and uh, Porter Robinson threw out my favorite, uh, my favorite, my favorite show. Twenty sixteen, I think they were at Bill Graham. Yeah, they did a show together. They had they had a collab. It was it was fantastic. Um, Sam was there backstage. Was I? Yeah, no. I <laughs> see. He, he looked at me like, oh, don't tell my girl. Saturday night with Warriors World Radio. <laughs> um, yeah, Warriors World Radio. <laughs> Andy that- Lou, Sam Esfendiari. Do we have? Do we have Wes? We got him. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for San Jose Mercury East Bay Times. Wes, you just got the job. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. Where are you from before this? Who are you covering? I was covering the Miami Heat primarily in the NBA for a few months over at Forbes, and then the, the Merck scooped me up. So congratulations, sir. Um, your, your Heat kind of blew on today. I'm calling them your Heat now. What happened? You can call them my Heat. That's fine. What happened? <laughs> uh, they just they gave one away over the Bucks and went to overtime. No, no, no. They won, I think. Did they win? Okay, we went on air. I didn't see who won. By, by, the, way, lost. by the way, Kendrick Nunn, who is now starring on the Miami Heat, who was – on the Warriors G League yeah, roster. Guy. Oh, yeah. Steve Kerr, come on. We could do better. We could do better. Wes, <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a Steve Kerr uh, slander show, by the way. Um, so, Wes, give us your best take. Um, no, but the Warriors uh, got blown out by the Clippers. Steve Kerr came out after the game and said, hey, get used to it. We're going to be in the lottery all season. What were your thoughts on that? What did you think he was trying to do there? <laughs> well, I think he was being <laughs> I think he was a little bit a little bit in shell shock about maybe just how bad it was. Um and based on his comments, he it, it kind of felt like he was trying to talk himself into not being in shell shock. You know, this is this is new not only for this whole team, but it's obviously new for Steve Kerr as well. I mean, he took over a team that was in the playoffs and and they had their championship runs and this is going to be a rebuilding year for for them but it's also going to be a learning it's going to be a learning lesson for him because you know he's never had to coach a team that was like are we going to make the playoffs like they don't know they have no idea and that was never a problem before so not only is that um an adjustment in expectations but it's it's an adjustment in coaching style too i mean what load management things change this idea that oh they can give away games early in the season because they'll just make the playoffs later on or you know you could rest Steph in the last two or two weeks of the year because you're, you've already got your playoff spot locked up and, and all this game planning for the postseason goes out the window. So it's, there's got to be a little bit more um, high intensity from the start uh, for a team that pretty much needs all 82 games now. And, and I think that's a fair statement to make. And already we're seeing that they're dealing with injuries and they're kind of behind the eight ball and all that stuff. So I think you combine all of those things and you sort of get the reaction that Steve had. So to me, Steve was tempering expectations, and that's kind of been the theme of our show. So I kind of want to throw it out to you. What are you? What are your expectations for the team this year in terms of where do you think the baseline for what would be considered a successful season is? Okay, well, that's a very, very creative way of trying to get me to, to give you a prediction without actually using the word prediction. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate that. You guys are doing a good job here. Um, I think that a successful season would be making the playoffs. And I know that's a very low bar, and a lot of Warriors fans don't want to hear that, but that would be a successful season. That is not a guarantee. I am starting to think more and more that this team won't make the playoffs if I had to give a prediction. But uh, 
and but not making it would be a failure so making it would be a success and then beyond that it's just I don't know if you could have any realistic expectations of winning a first round series when you consider how good the top of the Western Conference is and if the Warriors do make the playoffs it'll probably be as a, a they're not going to be hosting a first round series so if you were to take an optimist uh, perspective on this team you would you would say they're not playing 82 games against the Lakers and Clippers, and that's pretty sure. much all they've played to this point. Uh, the one glaring thing that stood out against the Clippers was Steph could not get open. Like, he was just smothered, yeah. and, you know, we kind of expected that considering how much offense they lost. So my question for you is, what can they do to spring Steph open, let's say tomorrow against the Thunder or beyond that, where they're playing more kind of teams in the middle of the road where they have more of a fighter's chance. They can read my article that went up on the website this morning because that's exactly what I wrote about. So let me plug that really quick. But um, the whole idea with the the Warriors' offense this year is they're going to run their offense through the bigs like they have in the past, but they're going to rely on the bigs more than ever to, to play make in a way that, used to be done by guys like Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. So when you look at what the Warriors lost, yeah, they lost a lot of perimeter depth. They lost a lot of perimeter defenders. But offensively, what they lost was playmakers. And the guys they brought in, guys like Alec Burks and Jordan Poole and stuff, are not playmakers. They're scorers. Burks alive. Playmakers. Uh, I saw him today. He is definitely standing upright. Oh, I have That is the most progress that we've seen. So that's great. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Guys like Omari Spellman, Marquise Chris, Kevon Looney, who I'm sure you guys will ask me about in a, in a few minutes, but um, these guys are going to have to be even more involved in creating things for specifically Stephen Curry. Um, I actually don't even really know how much they can rely on, rely on a guy like D'Angelo Russell to create stuff for Stephen Curry, considering the different speeds that those two guys play with play at. But um, you know, that's the reason why you've seen a guy like Marquise Chris flourish and earn a roster spot and take. Alfonso McKinney's roster spot is because he does show a natural ability to set screens, rack up those screen assists, rack up those traditional assists. He's a good passer, uh, and he's got a good feel for getting the ball specifically to Steph Curry. And that is basically the best-case scenario of every single possession this season is ending up with an open shot for Stephen Curry. In the past, it was, okay, if you end up with a seven shot for either Clay or Steph or Kevin, that's great. Now it's just Stephen Curry. Like you, That's the entire aim of every offensive possession. So uh, to do that, they're going to have to just get better at that. I don't know. I, it's, they keep saying it's time, it's chemistry, and blah, blah, blah. There was this one play that stood out to me against the Clippers where, and, and you guys know this play really well because you've seen this a million times over the last few years, where Steph gives up the ball and then immediately becomes the most dangerous person on the court, right? Because you don't know where he's going to score. The relocation? Him. Right, the, the old relocation trick, yeah. So he does that. He gives up the ball to Draymond at the high post. Um goes around the baseline to the opposite corner and you see like Glenn Robinson, who obviously was just signed by the Warriors, just standing there because he's wide open. And in any other team, any other of the 29 teams in the league, that's what you ought to do is just stand right there because you're wide open, wait for the ball to come to you from Draymond Green and then hope you knock down the open jumper. Well, Draymond Green starts pointing at him and yelling at him saying, cut inside. And Glenn Robinson can kind of like, there's like a little hesitation like, why? I'm wide open, but then realizes that it's Draymond Green yelling at him, and that's probably a good reason for it. And then he darts inside, sees Steph coming, sets a pick, and then Steph ends up wide open. So they, the, the idea there is that 
you are you're telling Glenn, all right, you go away so that Steph can take relocate and take your spot because a wide open shot for Steph obviously is a better better than a wide open uh, shot for for Glenn Robinson. And so to me, what stood out there was the fact that Draymond Green basically had to point and yell during a regular season game against the Clippers. Stuff that was for stuff that, that was kind that. of intrinsic chemistry in the previous years. Didn't have to think about it. Now they have to right. think about it on the fly. That brings. Exactly. My follow-up question here, I know the coaching staff um, seems to think this is the best way to spring Steph open. I mean, everyone would agree Steph open taking shots is the best form of offense this Warriors roster has. My question is, do you think this is the best way to get Steph open for the Warriors or the best way to run their offense? I think they have to try because I think when – push comes to shove if this team wants to accomplish what it thinks it might want to accomplish, which I assume is winning a playoff series. I don't know if doing the other thing, which is running a whole lot of pick and roll, maybe putting D'Angelo Russell on the ball more and having Steph play. Wes, don't worry. Steve isn't listening. Don't worry. We can, you can tell the truth. (laughs) I just don't know how far you can go with that. See now, if it were, if you had, I don't know if this was a James Harden, Chris Paul situation, I know that we all love to compare what the Warriors are doing right now to what the Rockets have been doing for several years. The difference was that when Harden was off the ball, the few times he was off the ball, well, you had an elite pick-and-roll player with Chris Paul running the offense. When Harden was on the ball, obviously, he's an elite pick-and-roll and isolation player. D'Angelo Russell runs a lot of pick-and-roll, but he's not super great at it. He's basically above average at best. I think the Brooklyn Nets scored like on 40% of the, t- of the possessions where Russ, uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, ran a pick-and-roll. And that's that's just above average. I think that's about sixty percent percentile or whatever. So um, it's not like if you give if you take the ball out of if you ta- if you reroute the offense to go through D'Angelo Russell and run the pick and roll that way, you're basically coming up with a, maybe a, a slightly better offense than what the Nets had last year, only because you'd be passing to Stephen Curry most of the time. But even that doesn't stop what the the a lot of these defenses are going to do against Curry, which is face guard him and just prevent him from getting the ball in the first place. So maybe then the other option, I'm just talking through here, guys, so interrupt whenever you want, but I think maybe the other option is maybe you have Steph bring the ball up all the time, which sounds crazy, but he is the point guard. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could do that, but then you're just kind of in another situation where you're wearing Steph Curry down in an 82-game season. Uh, we're already seeing like the Lakers start pulling LeBron off of point guard duties, and LeBron, LeBron like, he's not been dealing with the, the durability issues that sure. Steph has traditionally dealt with, so... I don't know that you can sustain that. So this might be the best way. I call me crazy, but Steve might actually have the best idea here of trying to not only sustain an 82-game offense, but also a, a reliable one and a high-efficiency one. Interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll, that's that's kind of where I stand. We'll, we'll we'll see if it remains high efficiency with the players that they have around them now. By the way, we got West oh, Gold. It's not high efficiency. It's not a high efficiency yeah. now. I, I guess what I was trying to say was this is the best route to fi- eventually finding a high efficiency. <laughs> that, is, that is fair. That is fair. We've got West Goldberg, uh, Warriors beat writer for the San Jose Merc, East Bay Times. West, give us an update here on a couple guys: uh, Willie Cauley Stein, mm-hmm. Kevon Looney, and uh, Alec Burks, and Draymond Green. So Draymond Green, let's just start there because he was dealing with uh, he was dealing with a uh, elbow thing and the elbow thing he's not dealing with anymore, according to him okay. today. So, okay. you know, we're good there. Uh, Alec Burks is was has been participating in practice. He's been uh, doing non-contact drills. He's been doing shooting drills. Been playing a, a bunch of pickup, like one on one, 
post practices with some guys too. So he's, you could tell he's trying to get out there and that's good for his conditioning overall, which I know the Warriors are concerned about because he hasn't played in the preseason. So um, still no timetable on when he's going to play, but he is currently in Oklahoma City with the team. Okay. Uh, unlike those guys like Kevon Looney and Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein was in Santa Cruz working out with the G League team, so that's what he's doing. I, you, could, there, you could do that. Do you have any days. inclination on timeline for Willie Cauley-Stein? I keep hearing he's getting closer. Well, he's definitely getting closer. I think that's for sure um, based on the way time and space works, but – <laughs> um, I think there's, they, they've, they've been really um, dodgy about putting a timeline on there. So, sure. uh, no, I don't have an answer for that. I think we know that he was going to be reevaluated at the end of this month. I still think that's the case. He's not going to play on this trip, obviously. But um, I would probably target the beginning of November for a possible return. I don't. It, it depends. Like they could try to rush him back a little bit too, considering what's going on with Kavan here, because. Um, it doesn't sound good, guys. Neuropathic? Whole, what is that? That's what I it's saying. Know. Yeah, I had, I, I never heard about it until yeah. like a few hour, a couple hours ago, and yeah. then I'm, I've been googling it basically, and it doesn't sound good. It, it so basically, from my understanding, based on Wikipedia here, <laughs> is that uh, it it is a uh, thing that happens in the central nervous system, and it it just sends pain signals to a spot. So Kavan left. The uh, second he, didn't, he never returned in the second half of that Clippers game, and they were they were reporting it as as hamstring tightness to that same hamstring that sidelined him the entire preseason. I don't think it was tightness more so as just it was hurting really bad, right? It was just bothering him in a way that he couldn't play on it. And we know that you know this is a guy who's been dealing with lower body injuries throughout his five year career, and so you know you start putting this neuro stuff in in the mix there, and. Um, you know, they've been, they knew he's had it for about a couple of years now. It's never been an, an issue where it's complicated to recover an injury, at least not to this extent. And now it does. And now he's going to go see a team of specialists. Whoa. Like there's gonna, like, that doesn't there's, sound like, a lot good. Of, a lot of words that you don't want to hear being thrown around right now. Oh. And so the, the timing, so yeah, so he didn't make the trip. Instead, he's going to go see a team of specialists. They're going to try to find out what's going on. And again, based on my Wikipedia research, this is something that afflicts a lot of people. But it, so it's pretty common. I think it's like two million Americans or something like that. But overall, like they don't have a really great idea of how to treat this thing, even though it's fairly common. So it's it's. Uh, I think this is something that's developing. Obviously, we're going to keep learning more about it. It does not sound good. This does not sound good, and that changed my tune on how I think the next two weeks will go. But um, transitioning off of that, how do you feel about D'Angelo Russell's integration of the team so far? I think they're trying really hard. I think um, he's got the right – I think he has a, a, the right disposition for it to work where he's, there's an even mix of being aggressive and being deferential to, to guys, specifically Draymond and, and Steph there. So um, I'm, I came into this season a D'Angelo Russell fan. I was already kind of high on his game. I was a little bit right. more bullish on, than most people, so I, I, I might – I might be a little bit biased in my opinion here, but it's also telling that, you know, the, in that Clippers game, he scored the first 10 points of the game when the, the Warriors couldn't buy a bucket. And so I think they'll like that. And I think, you know, from a replacement standpoint, he'll replace a little bit of that from what they lose with Clay Thompson, right? We all know that Clay Thompson is able to get hot and just bail him out all the time. The, those like hero clay buckets, but uh, D'Angelo Russell could potentially do that because he, he got, he, he's made a career of like, 
getting hot at opportune times. Uh, defensively, there's a huge gap there. But offensively, I think he'll be really good for this team. Uh, and then you consider also what they've lost with Andre Iguodala and stuff like that. I, I asked uh, Steve Kerr, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, a few days ago about who he looks at replacing uh, Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. He just, it was D'Angelo Russell, and that was the one answer. It was, we need this guy to play make. And, and he could do that. But the way he does it is so much slower than the way the rest of this team plays. And uh, it was interesting. I thought that Steph today said that he thought the team could have slowed down a little bit. Um, based on that Clippers game, he thought that they moved a little bit too quickly and that they tried to get shots a little t- up too quickly and too early in the shot clock. So if they decide to bring down the pace a little bit and play a little bit more into D'Angelo Ruc- uh, Russell's game, it could be even more helpful for him. Um, I just think that, uh, like everything else and like everybody else in this roster, it's going to take a lot of time. But it's the guys like him, it's the guys like Jordan Poole and guys like that who were just aggressive and just played their own game and didn't worry so much about being deferential to Steph and Draymond and what this team has done over the last few years that have earned a lot of minutes early on. And I, 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 you know, actions speak louder than words. And, you know, so it doesn't really matter what Steve Kerr says that how he thinks everything's coming together. The guys who are getting minutes, the guys that he's picking up off the bench and putting in the game, that to me tells, says everything you need to know about what he's looking for. He's looking for guys to do something when they have the ball in their hands, period. Yeah, certainly uh, an interesting season for the Warriors. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for San Jose Merck. Find his work there. East Bay Times. All right, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That was great. Um, That loony. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I can think about right now. Wes had some great thoughts on kind of the offense they're running and – you know, we could discuss if it works, but right now all I'm thinking about is Looney. Yeah, that is. Uh, so we'll ask Connor Letourneau. He'll be on here uh, at 7.15. Um, he covers the Warriors for the Chronicle. I, neuropathic something. I just sent I just sent a tweet over to my, uh, my buddy who's a doctor. And it sounds like something that they may have. He mentioned something that the Warriors may have known about this, and it's something it sounds like. Honestly, man, we have no idea what it is, but. It sounds like the situation with Kawhi Leonard, where the team may have known about it. Uh, they never said anything about it. Now they really don't have any idea how to treat it. That sounds like the Kawhi Leonard situation. Kawhi Leonard, who you know maybe he could have played this season, but he ended up sitting out the entire season. We don't know if Kevon's going to sit out the entire season. But the tweet did say, from Connor Letourneau, it did say, hey, he's out for the next two games and maybe for longer. So that could mean anything. Yeah, I mean, they have two games on the road, quick road trip, tomorrow against OKC, Monday against New Orleans, and they're back home. So obviously, if you don't know, you know, just call them out for those two games, and then we'll see what's up after that. Yeah, very, very not a great situation. Kevon Looney being really the fourth best player on this team at this point. He would have stayed the fourth best player this season, probably. Like, there's probably nobody better than him. Uh, outside of D'Lo, Dre, and Steph. So a big loss. I mean, he's not a big name, but a big loss for a team that really needs him defensively. And in that first game against the Clippers, the Clippers are clearly a better team. But when Looney was on the floor, they were competitive. Looney had 10 rebounds or nine rebounds in 10 minutes, five offensive rebounds. I mean, he was their defense was competent with Looney in there. Without Looney, <laughs> uh, you know, it was kind of the opposite of competent. Yeah, good for Looney. I mean, just being that type, being that type of player, that to be able to play that well now. Um, he's very smart, knows offensive system, knows where to be defensively. He's got long arms, right? He even made a three, um, on Thursday. So, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I hope he comes back. I mean, it comes back soon. Hopefully it's not something that, you know, hampers him the rest of the season because hamstrings are tough. Uh, you re-aggravate that thing. You could be sitting out for a month, right? So Nerve issue is, I mean, I don't even know what, what that is. Tim, you don't have, like, cousins that are doctors? <laughs> come on. I do. Persian? Well, come on. I mean, me. He's Chinese, easy, so same thing, really. Um, <laughs> easy. Yeah. Let's move this forward. <laughs> if you want to join the show, 888-957-9570. Or you can text the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795. Um, let's go back to expectations. If Looney's out for an extended period of time, what does that do to your expectations? That is, that is tough. I oh, mean, no! You're we re- suck again! You're really... I mean... <sighs> I mean, that's my biggest take on the team, too. They are paper thin. Boy. They need everyone. Um, Looney misses an extended period of time with Cauley Stein out. I mean, yeah, we've seen how they look without big men. It's not pretty. Now, they should still be able to beat the bottom dwellers. And you look at the schedule here for the next in the next few games. I mean, they're playing. They've got the the Suns. They've got they've got the Suns. They've got Charlotte. Right. They, so those are two wins that you can bank on, regardless of if Looney plays. Right. But you even look at those gimme games, right? Like tomorrow would have been like a gimme game. And now it's like, now he wouldn't have played regardless, but it's like, okay, see, the Pelicans, Portland, which is a bit of a gimme game, right? Or the Spurs, those games where it's like. Those are gimmies, but those are ones. Sorry, I don't mean gimme. I mean, like, they should, like, they could win. Portland at home with a fully healthy Warriors roster, you like the Warriors' chances. And without Looney, it just becomes much tougher. I mean, it's just. Like they can win those games, you, maybe you want to count on them. But now it's even it's just so much tougher without without someone like Kevon Looney. Because keep in mind that he's also someone that can he guarded James Harden, right? He guarded James Harden he's in a an playoff series. Defender. Yeah, they don't have anybody that can guard any type of guards um, now. So it's it's. Uh, and then you're gonna get you know then the war is gonna be zero and ten, and lower bowl is gonna be like I'm not gonna be here. <laughs> um. You think those lower bowl tickets are going to sell for like 50 bucks by the end of the season if they're a lottery team? I don't know, but this is a dark. We've gone to a dark place. Uh, we have. We've gone to a very, very dark place. The text line has also gone to a dark place from the 707. Where's Andrew Bogut? Uh, semi-retired in Australia. Enjoying life. There's no need to There's no need to gut through it. He was, he was back to win a championship last season. That's what he was for. He had a couple big moments, and he had a lot of moments where you're like, yeah, you are 35. You are. You may be washed. That's a lot of injuries to, to that's deal a, with. That's just a lot of miles. We all get slower as we age. I can speak to it. Not moving at the same speed I used to five years ago. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a joke for you, Sam. Um, we <laughs> Expectations for the season. Yeah, the, the Kevon Looney news is tough for this team. Um, I do think, though, to kind of bring it back a little bit, they still have enough talent to win. Like they should be able to win these type of games, um, especially against the teams that are like even against. Who's going to guard Stephen Adams? Who's going to box Stephen Adams out? Mike Brown, maybe. <laughs> you get Ron Adams out there. Uh, that's uh, a problem. <laughs> it's the Warriors of the mid '90s and early '00s. I wish those Warriors had Steph Curry. And Draymond Green. Uh, they might have had a D'Angelo Russell or two in there, though. Uh, but, yeah, it's I need to see Steph go against a couple teams that aren't bringing you know, top three defenses. 
worth mentioning, the Thunder have a good defense, and then the Pelicans have Drew Holiday and Lonzo, who are really good defensive guards. This isn't, you know, next week we'll see him against uh, Devin Booker and Terry Rozier. Probably see a 50-piece in one of those games. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, these two road games uh, might be a little rough. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, Here's the thing. Draymond Green, who may have showed up to training camp a little bigger and not in the playoff shape that he was in, might be time to turn that around. Little, Same with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Same with D'Angelo Russell. Who showed up to training camp may have been a little bit bigger, not in midseason shape, and that's fine, right? Because guys play themselves play themselves into shape. You don't want to be worn out, but it, it, these games they have to win if they want. Yeah, to make we the should say that Steph had a bad first game. We all know what Steph's capable of. We need to, but we also know what Draymond Correct. and D'Angelo Russell are capable of, and we need to start seeing that too. Yep. Uh, you're listening to Warriors World Radio. Andy Lou, Samus Fendiar. We'll be back. We'll be talking more about your expectations of the team. We'll have Connor, Connor Letourneau uh, back as well. So, all Warriors, all night long. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting. Andy Liu, Warriors World Radio. Sam? Nowhere to be seen. It's Solo Show. Andy Cowherd. I can do this for like four straight hours. I could talk Warriors. I could talk SF Giants. We are going to spend this segment. We're going to go until around 7-12. Then we're going to have Connor Letourneau on from the Chronicle to talk Warriors. We're going to spend this segment, however, talking about the San Francisco 49ers who play tomorrow at home here against the Carolina Panthers. 6-0 start. Like I haven't been this happy since Jim Harbaugh was the coach. Uh... They're playing Kyle Allen, who apparently is now a starting quarterback. Kyle in Allen's been good. Yeah, he's been good. He's, he's 5-0 or something, Sam? 4-0? 4-0, I believe. Yeah, 4-0. They've got an MVP running back, Christian McCaffrey. Stanford oh, he's product. He's so good. Amazing. He had a, if you hey, have him in your fantasy league, you're probably in first place. Yeah, exactly. I'm in first. I have Dalvin Cook, though. So, Also having an amazing year. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey looks unbelievable. Like He doesn't just look like... A guy where you're like, well, he doesn't really look like he could be great, you know, but he's great. No, he's legitimately one of the best offensive players in the NFL. Both these teams are, um, there's similarities between them where they're both really good defensively and they run the ball, but they could not do it in different ways. You know, the Panthers have probably the best running back in football, Mm -hmm. at least this season. Mm -hmm. The Niners are a run by committee team where, I mean, is, are any of the Niners running backs going to make a Pro Bowl? Probably not, but they're all playing well. The lines, it's, it's all schemed up. Niners defense is kind of dominated by the best defensive line in football. Panthers, they're just one of the most athletic defenses you'll see, led by Keekly. Um, I think it should be a good game. This is clearly the best team the Niners have played this year, um, with the Rams being... Somewhat inconsistent in a mess. I think this is the best team they'll have played all year. Yeah, def- I mean, certainly the best defense. The best defense by far that they've played. I think it's the the Patriots and the Niners who have the best defense in the league. And then 
little bit further behind them are the Panthers. Um, it, it, this is a game for me. And if you're a Panthers fan, you're probably saying, well, we're going to have Cam Newton in at some point. So we, you know, if Cal Allen doesn't look great against this defense, okay, I get it. But for me as a Niners, if I'm a fan of the Niners, which I am, what does Jimmy G look like tomorrow? Right? What does Jimmy G look like against an elite defense? Because let's say Christian McCaffrey makes a couple big plays, Kyle Allen makes a couple big plays, and the Niners are down, you know, 14 or 3 at halftime. What happens then? Yeah. Um, and more than that, but for me, that's something you want to see from Jimmy at some point this season. He hasn't really had to do that. And, you know, that's good. He's off an ACL tear. It's good that he does not have to be. Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers playing Superman every week. Mm-hmm. You don't want him to have to do that right now. But if this Niners team is really going to go deep into the playoffs, they're going to need some plays from him. So at some point, you yep. want to see how he does in those situations. Yeah, and, it's, and that's a great point. And my confidence in him is that I think he can do it because we've seen him play well before. Now, this was a while ago. This was almost two years ago now. Uh, that he those are garbage well. games. Those are Those were... You are a zero and ten team that no one's taking you seriously. He could have looked bad. Could have looked bad, but they played against some decent defenses. They played against the Jaguars, right? Jalen Ramsey was all huffing and puffing before and after the game. Now I think the Jaguars actually clinched the playoffs before the game even started or during the game. But and hey. that's why they didn't show up. <laughs> but hey, they were that team was in the AFC Championship that year, and they. Maybe they were up ten against the Patriots. Maybe should have beat them. Anyway, that was a defense. That was an all-time, you know, good defense in the league. And Jimmy G took them to school. And if you want to say that Kyle Shanahan was the product of that, great. Kyle Shanahan is still the my, coach. My my problem with what you're saying is you're saying he did really good when his team was two and eleven against a team that was checked out. Like that doesn't were mean they anything. checked out though? Yes, they were one hundred percent. Doesn't mean they out. weren't trying. That's not that doesn't mean they, they were, were clearly out. not trying. It you're, was a. It was that's not is, true. This is some great timeout Warriors type analysis when you see Antoine Jameson. It's football, not tear basketball. Up, tear up Kobe in a game that you know they don't care about. That's not true. You don't that's check out. You don't check out of football games unless you're a team that's terrible. Like if you're a team that's you know four and eleven, I can see you checking out. But good football teams don't check None out. None of it matters until you're doing it in games that count. That game didn't count. Well, I just don't think you you can say that he may not have that ability to do that. Oh, I'm not he saying he doesn't have does. it. I'm calling it an unknown. It's not a known that you're saying. I, I think it. it's a known that he can do it. I think it's I think it's a known that he can go 300 yards and three TDs tomorrow. I think he could do that. The most known quantity about Jimmy is that he throws a pick a game. <laughs> That's true. Um, but with that said, I mean he's clearly talented, and they don't need him to do too much. Is he better and than that- Derek Carr? No. That's like let him uh, let him actually uh, throw thirty touchdowns in a season once. I don't know. I think he's better. Let than him Derek make a Carr. Pro Bowl once. Uh, Pull and start, Jimmy. Listen, D'Angelo Russell made the All Star team in the East. It's like Derek Carr making the Pro Bowl. I mean, just just stuff just happens. You know? That's that's inaccurate. But here, I want to back <laughs> it up. Okay, so my whole thing with Jimmy is I don't think he's bad. I just I don't know what he is, and I think that's a valid take to have for a guy who has not started 16 games in his career. Do you think he has the upside to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Yeah, I mean, until let let me put it this way: there are quarterbacks I've seen play enough that I know will not win a quarterback. Um, I don't want to pick on these guys, but let's just say Andy Dalton. <laughs> 
he's not terrible. We're pick on Andy Dalton. But, like, he's never going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know, Ryan Tannehill, not going to win a Super Bowl. Mitchell Trubisky? Is it too early? It's not trending in the right direction, but I'm going to say it's too early. Those guys are, like, the guys I'm mentioning are, like, around 30. Uh, but Jimmy, at this point, there's potential. I could see it. I just don't know. I got to see him playing some of these games where playoff positioning's on the line or even more so in the playoffs. So I'm willing to – at this point, he's he's interesting. Now, the, the point I really want to get to is they finally got him a weapon. Okay. Let me backtrack a little bit. He played in the one game this season where they were down. He played very, very well. The numbers didn't show it, but against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have a decent defense, played very well. They're not making the playoffs. It's he good, hasn't been bad. A, I'm saying it's an unknown. I'm saying I'm going to keep this going all segment. Here's a better way to put it. In the NFC playoffs, we will see Green Bay. Who's their quarterback? Yeah, he's pretty good. Who's Seattle's quarterback? He's not bad. Who's going to be New Orleans quarterback when he's healthy? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Um, now, none of those teams have the defense the Niners have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I look at all the teams in the NFC, I see quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls and have been in those moments. And Jimmy hasn't been in those moments, which isn't to say he can't do it because everyone has not been in those moments until they have. It's just a question. Um, here's the, here's the interesting part as well. This reminds me of the, uh, this reminds me of that Niners team that Harbaugh had with Alex Smith, uh, where before they, they made the quarterback change before they made the court. Right. And he made that court, which was the right move. Um, Correct. And, we we knew though with Alex Smith that you couldn't win a title with him. We I think we knew that, right? I think we knew that at the time. Term game manager. Yeah, we knew. That. And right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager. Every game, pretty Which much is, this season, I he's mean, been a game manager. Yeah, he's he's managing win after win after win. Right. So I mean, it's like they, it's not a big deal. But they need him. They don't need him to be Aaron Rodgers. They don't need him to be Russell Wilson. But they need him to be <laughs> from the seven oh seven. Jimmy already has a Super Bowl ring. That's a good point. <laughs> that that's true. that's a valid point. Can't argue Two. against that. Two. Two. Um, they need him to be like Eli Manning, but like playoff Eli Manning. Eli was good in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, but yes, yeah. I I get your point. He we haven't seen him in a situation where they need him to make plays. We can even look down at the Rams who are struggling right now. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.